Welcome back to Podcast 42 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. Follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Icebreakers and follow us on social media slash The Icebreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Betfred Sports. For $250 worth of free bets, please visit Betfred Sports and use the promo code ODDS23. Terms, conditions, and locations apply if you'd like to support The Icebreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theizebreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any for winning cappers. You get the premium plays, four-line moves. You can also support us on patron.com and get this podcast commercial-free. And if nothing else, please visit the Icebreakers and become a free picks and Telegram subscriber. I am back from a long vacation, my friends, and holy cow, was it busy. We uh, didn't have a ton of time for relax, and I guess... A little bit in the mornings, but literally hit five different lakes up in Wisconsin. Uh, Gunlock Lake and Shishibagma, where I was brought up in the North Woods in Minaqua. Then we went down to Lake Wisconsin, including the Wisconsin River, with some friends and their boats. And then we also hit Lake Okachi in Milwaukee. Literally just lake after lake after lake. But most of all, I was able to see lots of family, lots of great friends, and was able to recharge the batteries for our next chapter in sports betting, which is college football. We already did the NFL, but I am knee-deep in handicapping college football and preparing for this 2023 season. And that's why this show, I'm going to go over college football's Big Ten preview and all the teams with most of their changes. After that, I'm going to get into a little UFC on ESPN Vegas 77. We have Holly Holm versus Myra Bueno Silva. So going to talk a little bit about that, give out a few plays. But first, I want to tell you guys that we have our football packages up Use promo code SUMMERWIN to get 100 bucks off every football package and 50 bucks off every monthly membership for the first month. So if you want to try us out monthly, you get 50 bucks off. If a handicapper is only 100 bucks a month, you only pay 50 for it. So this is good all the way until August 1st, 2023. You'll be supporting us and you'll be winning with our top handicappers at the Ozbreakers. Com. I also want to remind you guys that if you want to contribute to the Oddsbreakers and benefit from our monetization, please visit the Oddsbreakers, hit the contact us button, or email us at info at the Would love to hear from you and see what you have for the 2023-2024 football season. So I'm going to be going solo today. Going to try to make it a little short and sweet for you, but we'll see how much I ramble on talking about the Big Ten and my Wisconsin Badgers, Ohio State Buckeyes, Michigan Wolverines, Penn State Nittany Lions, all the great teams of the Big Ten. Starting next week, we should have guests again covering some of these big conferences. As of myself, 
I am a Big Ten specialist, so I am my own guest, I suppose, for this show. But expect plenty of great guests, similar to how we had Brad Powers on just about a week and a half, two weeks ago. We're going to have some of the same great guests that we have every single year to give you some great plays for the college football and NFL football season. It's also contest season coming up. We're getting wrapped up and ready for that. Expect some new promotions and lots of fun coming up this late summer and early fall. All right, without further ado, let's get into some Big Ten previews here, talking about from the top to the bottom. And I like to start at the top because I just do not want to bore you to death with Rutgers, Indiana, and Western right from the beginning of this podcast. So maybe you can just take what you want to take out of this show. I do think it's important to know about every single team because let's be let's face it it all pays the same here if you're the worst team in the league if you're the best team in the league if you know something to give you an edge at least over the market at least early when the lines come out because that's what i was talking about bet when the lines come out bet late in the process obviously if something missed you can probably capitalize on it midweek but most of the time your best plays are going to be early in the week and late in the week anyway during the football season Starting out with the top team in the Big Ten, and yes, it is the Michigan Wolverines. Now, a lot of Ohio State fans may disagree with that or may just want to puke that I said that, but hey, Michigan did beat them the last two years. Michigan did get to the college football playoffs over the last two years. Ohio State was kind (laughs) of lucky to make it in last year, mostly due to Utah beating USC right in the Pac-12 championship. But hey, Ohio State, one of the best schools in history in football. Let's see if they can rebound in the year 2023. Before I get into this, I want to talk a little bit about the Big Ten in general. I think it's pretty simple when you look into the East You have your top three teams that are always top three, your Penn State's, Ohio State's, and Michigan's. Usually not too challenged. The COVID year was weird. I know with Indiana, probably need to forget about that. But it's pretty much set in stone that it's going to be one of those top three, and it's usually Michigan, Ohio State, at least over the past eight to 10 years. Now, that's simple, but what's not simple is the Big Ten West because I truly believe the Big Ten West is a total mess once again. I I said that last year. Wisconsin regressed. Um, Iowa was just so Iowa, all defense and zero offense, just awful to watch. Uh, Illinois totally snuck up and yet choked some of those big games away. Probably the best team in the West last year, but unfortunately didn't even get into the championship. While Purdue sitting there with a negative minus 0.43 yards per play and minus 0.4 turnover margin per game and still got to represent the Big Ten in the championship game. Unreal. You know, just from last year, I still see a total mess because you have a new coach now in Wisconsin. You have a new coach in Nebraska. You know, you have a new coach at Purdue. I haven't seen so many changes happen 
in the West or actually in the Big Ten in one year in a very long time. And let's not forget about what happened to Coach Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. Just a total change going on. And I think it might kick up a little bit of value on a team. And I'm going to give you a future play that I seem to like at least the number on uh, coming up later in this podcast. So hopefully the Big Ten shows a little bit better in the playoffs. I mean, Ohio State showed really well in the playoffs, was a field goal away from the national championship, right? Or at least getting to play TCU, which they got destroyed by Georgia. That's how close Ohio State was while Michigan just choked that whole game away against TCU. Didn't take them seriously enough, I suppose, but um, was kind of a shame to see that. But Blake Corum, one of their best players, wasn't even in it. But the thing that changed about Michigan this year is that obviously they returned a ton of production. Last year, the power rating was 26.75 points better than the average team. And if you want to know how that stands up to like the past Alabamas, the past Alabamas are probably around 2930. So they're pretty close to an Alabama last year with total strength. The returning production ranks fifth in the nation from Bill Connolly's returning production system. And I'm using the updated numbers, not the old numbers. Um, returning offensive production, 84% of their offense. Returning defensive production, 78%. They're recruiting the last three years. And I and this is what I want to say, and I probably say this every year to you. I don't understand why people say, oh, they rank 30th in recruiting this year. First of all, what do you mean? Do you mean 2024 kids? Because that that's what's getting recruited right now. Or do you mean 2023 where they're all freshmen and most of them are going to be redshirted and just very few of the five-star ones will play for very few teams and they might not get full uh playing time due to the former five-star guys from the years before who are probably in the starting position so it drives me nuts when people say oh this is what they ranked this year in recruiting what what does that tell me what what does that tell me when you should be looking at what they've been doing over the past three or four years probably not even counting the year of 2023 or the current year that you're talking about. So what I do is I tell you what they did on 247 Sports, their recruiting rankings from 2020, 2021, and 2022. But guess what? We also have another, not the fishing line, or so I should say coming from (laughs) Wisconsin, that uh, has been happening over the past few years, and that's the transfer portal. So there's a really good site I was using that looks at the net rankings of transfer portals, but for some reason, on3.com is not working over the past few days. So I'm just going to use the 247 Sports transfer portal rankings from uh, 2023. You know, that way you can kind of see what's going on with these teams who, if they're picking some people up and, and if they're not, you know, when they need to, right? Obviously, teams that turn over a ton of guys that were seniors, you would like to see them a little bit more active in the transfer portal. But anyways, uh, it's certainly another thing that we have to look at every single year. But Michigan, even though they return a ton of production, they rank 12th in transfer portal rankings. So lots of people are transferring to Michigan, right? Offensive yards per play, 6.62. Defensive yards per play, 4.65. That means their net yards per play, 1.97. 
Their turnover margin, positive 0.6. That's pretty high. Uh, Coach Jim Harbaugh is back with quarterback J.J. McCarthy for another year. Wide receiver Cornelius Johnson is back. Uh, New to the starting role, Darius Clemens. He's played plenty of snaps. Blake Corum is back with Donovan Edwards, the top two running backs in the nation for a team, I would say, if you added up the strength of Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum. They are the best running core for any team. And Colston Loveland looks like to lead the way most likely for Michigan from a tight end perspective. I'm not going to be perfect here. And maybe if you're a Wolverine fan or an Ohio State fan, Penn State, or whatever team I'm talking about, you might be able to say I'm wrong about something. But I'm not caring so much about that. I'm just trying to give you as much information as I can from our aggregate. Because even if something is today going to be true, it might not be true come start of the football season 2022 record 13 and one their only loss obviously that awful game against tcu against the spread trends from 2022 they were eight five and one so even though they were good again people were fading michigan a little too much they even beat market expectations the year after they made the playoffs that's pretty impressive right there right if you remember their strength of schedule was pretty tough, ranking ninth. They had to beat Ohio State. They had to beat Penn State. They did have an easy non-conference, though, I will say. Their schedule for uh, this year, I just put medium, but actually kind of easy because, once again, the Wolverines have an easy non-conference. They play East Carolina, Bowling Green, and UNLV. Take that any day. Season win total is 10.5 wins. My early number is 11. And to be honest with you, they should be favored in all 12 games. It's just that when you're at the top, there's always room for a hiccup. You know, you can't expect them to beat Ohio State when they're just going to be a slight favorite from them you know, maybe three points or so at home, you know, it's just, there's just too many places where there could be an error at Penn state could be tough at Sparty, which is little brother always gives them fits, even though they're easy schedule by getting Ohio state at home and they're easy non-conference still, I, you could see a loss there odds to win the big 10 1.65 to one odds to win the NCAA 8.5 to 1. Not great odds. They have to beat the SEC, obviously. Special players, quarterback J.J. McCarthy, running back Blake Corum, running back Donovan Edwards, and probably quite a few more, Cornelius Johnson. You know, I can just go on and on, but I usually give you two or three on offense and on defense, nose tackle Mason Graham and linebackers Ju- Junior Colston, strong safety Makari Page, Losses on offense, tight end Luke Schumacher, uh, wide receiver Ronnie Bell. Uh, losses on defense, defensive lineman Mozzie Smith, and defensive back DJ Turner. My take on this team, sometimes I just write a little bit as a take, just trying to remind myself before the season starts when they're playing a game, I'll just look at my notes. I only wrote a few little things. 
I mean, it's obvious that this team was very good and they're fifth in returning production. I mean, they only have a chance to lose if they don't improve while Ohio State or Penn State greatly improves, in my opinion, right? Um, J.J. McCarthy gets his guys back. I expect huge things from tight end Colston Loveland, the two running backs, Corum and Edwards. Um, The only thing that can hurt them, in my opinion, is injuries. Let's see if they can get out of this season healthy. So my power rating is 26 points better than the average team. Should it be 26.75? I never do that early. You know, I I could see their upside going up to 27, 28 points, but things kind of smash up a little bit towards the top and the very bottom of your power ratings when you're starting for next year. So Michigan is in control of their own destiny. I also don't see any value on them right now, playing them to uh, go over their season win total of 10.5 juice to the over. I just think the juice itself, you know, two hiccups and you're done. A bad injury to J.J. McCarthy could be devastating. They do have a a backup quarterback there, Um, Jack Tuttle, (laughs) transferred, but are you really going to trust him? Seriously. So we'll move on to our next best team in the Big Ten and that is the Ohio State Buckeyes. Now, last year's power rating was a little higher than Michigan's, 27.75. So I believe that they were a little bit better than Michigan, and maybe I made that final adjustment after they almost beat Georgia. Returning production rank, 48th. Uh, Returning offensive production, 57%. Returning defensive production, 77%. Recruiting, 2025th in the nation 2021 second and 2022 fourth in the nation great recruiting transfer portal rankings 25 offensive yards per play 7.28 defensive yards per play 5.18 2.1 net yards per play that was the highest in the big 10 last year turnover margin 0.6 coach ryan day is back quarterback it's going to be kyle mccord or devin brown probably mccord i'm guessing We'll see what happens. Wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. is back. Emeka Abuka, sorry. Uh, He's going to be a big contributor as well for the Buckeyes. Uh, Travion Henderson is back. And Mayan Williams at the running back positions. So we're also looking at a few other great receivers here. Uh, Julian Fleming, uh, Jaden Ballard, Xavier Johnson, They're pretty loaded at wide receiver. They are every single year. Tight end Cade Stover is also back as a senior. 2022 record 11 and 2 against the spread. In 2022, 6 6 and 1. 500, right in the dot. Uh, 2022 strength of schedule, seventh in the nation. Schedule this year, medium hard. Uh, season win totals is 10.5. They're going to be favored in 11 games, everything but Michigan. And then my early number is also 10.5, right on the dot. My take on the schedule is pretty hard, but not as bad as the SEC or some SEC teams. Odds to win the Big Ten, 1.65 to 1, just like Michigan. They have the exact same odds, but their odds to win the national championships worse than Michigan's at 6 to 1. Special players, Marvin Harrison Jr., Travion Williams, Emeka 
Ibuka, Julian Fleming. I mean, you can just keep going on and on. Obviously, they have a great offensive line as well. They did lose a few to the draft. Uh, special players on defense, Steel Chambers, linebacker, uh, Jack Sawyer, defensive end, defensive end also, uh, JT Tui Molau, and losses on offense, quarterback C.J. Stroud, tackle Paris Johnson, tackle Daywan Jones. There's a few key ones. And losses on defense, defensive end Zach Harrison. So what I wrote is that the receivers and the running backs remain strong. Can Kyle McCord win the starting job? lead this offense i think so the biggest questions are on defense where they got gashed when they stepped up in class but defensive coordinator jim Knowles is very well liked and well respected the notre dame game at notre dame is going to tell me something about this year you know that's what i'm kind of waiting for this is going to be the first game um I'm sorry, it's going to be the fourth game of the season, but versus Indi- they play Indiana, Youngstown State, and Western Kentucky before that. So it's like not going to learn much about them then. Um, I just think that they have a very high ceiling. And a lot of people say their ceiling was high, more high last year. I'm not sure about that. I mean, if their quarterback could turn out great, you know, it, Devin Brown could be great. Who knows? It, this is a five-star recruiting type team. They're always going to have a high ceiling and they're always going to have a high floor. So when it comes to the season win totals, I'm right on the button. Um, I, I don't have a play on them, but because of the quarterback change mainly, my power rating is a little lower than Michigan's coming into the year at 24.5 points better than the average team. Still way better than most teams out there. Probably fourth or fifth in my total power ratings, being that Alabama and Georgia are still the class of the top of the power ratings. Penn State is next. Their power rating last year finished at 15.5 points better than the average team. Their returning production ranks at 56th, 55% on offense, 75% on defense. Ring rank uh, number 15 in 2020 recruiting, 15th 2021 recruiting is 21st, and 2022 uh, recruiting, they had a great class, ranking 6th. Transfer portal rankings, only 52 Penn State's not a big transfer porter or NAL team yet. I think that's something they need to improve on if they want to keep getting great players to stay. Offensive yards per play, 6.19. Defensive yards per play, 4.61. Excuse me. Uh, Net yards per play, a very strong 1.58. Their turnover margin was nice at .9, one of the highest in the league. Uh, Quarterback or coach James Franklin is back, but quarterback – we have a new one this year. Drew Aller looks to get the start here for Penn State. Uh, he was a very highly touted quarterback coming into the league. I believe that Kendra Lambert Smith will still be there at wide receiver. So you get someone returning there, and you have a transfer coming in in Dante Cephas. Uh, running back is going to be Nicholas Singleton again, who was awesome last year. And Katron Allen looks to uh, be the next guy behind Singleton. And Theo Johnson is back at tight end. They were 11 and 2 last year, just like Ohio State, 9 and 3 against the spread. They were a great betting team last year. 
You know, Franklin likes to run it up against teams. Their uh, strength schedule ranked 10th in the nation. This year, their schedule is medium easy. Their season win total is 9.5. They're going to be favored in 10 games. Everything but Ohio State and Michigan. And then uh, my early number is 9.5, just like the season win total. So my take on Penn State is really a super easy schedule because they play West Virginia, Delaware, um, and UMass for the non-conference. Of course, they play at Ohio State, but they get Michigan at home. Uh, They also avoid Wisconsin, uh, and uh, I believe they avoid Iowa. No, they, they avoid Minnesota. Wisconsin and Minnesota, so that's good for them too. Uh, I guess Iowa's a little tougher. Odds to win the Big Ten, 6-1. to one. Not great because you have Ohio State and Michigan there. Odds to win the NCAA, 25-1. to one. Special players, running back Nicholas Singleton, wide receiver Dante Cephas, uh, linebacker uh, Adiza Isaac, and linebacker Curtis Jacobs. Big losses last year. Sean Clifford at quarterback was there forever. Wide receiver Parker Washington and tight end Brenton Strange. Losses on defense were massive. Uh, cornerback Joey Porter and safety Jair Brown. I mean, what I wrote here is just lots of change for Penn State. Being that Clifford's gone. Being drafted by the Packers, I thought, was strange as well, being that people were shocked to see him drafted in the first place. He's more of a running guy, not super accurate. But the fact that they avoid Wisconsin and Minnesota is very good. I mean, the top three Big Ten West teams, according to the odds, are Wisconsin, uh, Iowa, and Minnesota anyway. I disagree with that. I hate to say that as a Badger fan, but, I mean, you have to assume that the market is pretty accurate. And I would assume that Wisconsin and Minnesota, even though they have so many changes this year, could be very good in the Big Ten. I have a couple other ideas. This year's power rating for Penn State is 13 points better than the average team. That's where I'm starting them out here. A modest 13 being that they're switching quarterbacks. Minnesota, last year's power rating, 11 points better than the average team. Returning production rank, 87. Offensive production, 59% returns, 57% returns on defense. 2020, ranked uh, recruiting class ranked 38th. 2021, 38th. 2022, 49th. Transfer portal rankings, 44th, not that great, but their yards per play was awesome last year. 6.19 on offense and 4.61 on defense, giving them a net yards per play of 1.58. Turnover margin, positive 0.4. Coach P.J. Fleck is back, but their quarterback is Ethan Kalikamanis. And I always say his name wrong. I'm not sure if I said it right even that time. Uh, I think by the end of the year, I might get it right. But he wasn't that great, and I, I, I'm, I have big questions about him. Wide receiver Chris Altman-Bell is finally back from injury again. He should play Daniel Jackson's blackout wide receiver. Sean Tyler is our transfer running back coming in, and Zach Evans should be a running back for them as well. Tight end uh, Brevin Spawn-Ford is back. 2022 record was 9-4. They were 7-6 against the spread. 
2022 strength schedule was 43rd. This year is going to be medium hard. I put season win totals is only 6.5. There should be favored in about seven and a half games, in my opinion, right now. I use the half because I'm not sure on a couple, but um, or at least one, right? My early number is also 7.5. I think 6.5 is a little bit low for them. Now, the problem is the reason that I have them high and their win total is so low is because they get Michigan and Ohio State, but at least they have a manageable non-conference. Um, it, I think the way that they finished the season against Wisconsin at home should tell us a lot. Their odds to win the Big Ten are 40-1. to 1. So, you know, I mean, I would almost say that's not a bad number, but still you're going through Michigan, Ohio State, right? Not something you want to do. Odds to win the whole NCAA is 200 to 1. Special players, Chris Altman, Bell at wide receiver, tight end Brevin Spanford, and linebacker Cody Lindenbert, and safety Tyler Newbin are special. Losses on offense, quarterback Tanner Morgan, who was there for a long time, and running back Mohamed Ibrahim. Uh, losses on defense, cornerback Terrell Smith. My take is that this Gophers team was very injured last year and still managed to strive. Now that Tanner Morgan's gone, all the pressures on Ethan Kalikmanis. He didn't do well last year. 54% completion percentage that needs to improve because he did play plenty of downs last year when Mount Morgan was banged up. The Gophers, though, they've just been flying under the radar for a long time. Um, they're not bad at anything, and they're above average at everything, it seemed. Uh, 18 in passes, passing yards per attempt last year. I mean, good passing defense, ranking 10th in the nation. This was just a sneaky good team, and they always seem to row the boat, as P.J. Flex says. So, I mean, I'm very optimistic on Minnesota. I I would cons- I I considered playing them as well as somebody else to win the Big Ten, but that uh, Kalika Manis guy better start throwing more accurately, or else I'm just going to kind of bail on them in the beginning of the season. Minnesota's power ranking starts at nine point two five. I am going to give you a strong lean to the over six point five. I just hate the fact that they play Ohio State, that they play Michigan, and they're at Iowa. They are at least home against Wisconsin, but their non-conference can be a little tricky at North Carolina. You know, at North Carolina also throws things off a little bit more for them too. I expect them to win by pounding the ball, but we'll see what P.J. Flex got um, under his hat this year. The next team is Iowa, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Last year's power ring was only six points better than the average team returning production, ranked 94th, 64% in offense, 49% in defense. 2020, they ranked 35th in recruiting. 2021, 24th in recruiting. 2022 was 30th in recruiting. Transfer portal rankings, 39th. Yards per play, 
4.24 on offense, but their defense was amazing. 3.99, making a 0.25 net yards per play. They had a positive turnover margin at 0.8, which was very high. Kirk Ferentz is back. Brian Ferentz is back. They're all back. Cade McNamara comes in with a chip on his shoulder to play quarterback from Michigan. He lost his job to J.J. McCarthy because he got injured. Well, I'll tell you this, man. I like being on teams with a chip on their shoulder, and that's Iowa this year. You know, I think that Deontay Vines is going to be a good wide receiver. Uh, Nico Reggiani is back at wide receiver. Caleb Johnson is back at running the football. Well, Sean Williams is back. Caleb Johnson is going to get some carries as well. Luke Lack, I believe it's Lackey, L-A-C-H-E-Y, is their tight end. Obviously, they lost a big one to the draft. Uh, eight and five. There was their 2022 record against the spread. They were eight and five. Their straight the schedule was 34th last year. The schedule this year is medium. Season win total is eight. Uh, they're going to be favored in about, I put 9.5 games here because Iowa doesn't have to play Michigan or Ohio State. And that's why they're only 14-1 to to win the Big Ten. You know, if they can just take care of their siding in the division, beat Michigan State at home, um, go to Nebraska and win, go to Wisconsin and win. They, this team could easily represent the Big Ten, and that's why it's only 14-1. to Their odds to win the NCAA championship is 150-1. to Cade McNamara, quarterback, is a special player. Wide receiver, Nico Reggiani. Tight end, Luke Lackey. And defense tackle, Logan Lee and cornerback Cooper DeJean. Uh, big losses were as tight end Sam Laporta in quarterback. I guess Spencer Petrus, but he wasn't that good, right? Uh, defensive line was a big loss with Luke Van Ness and linebacker Jack Campbell. Both of those guys were very high draft picks. And then defensive back Riley Moss was a big loss. You got to love the addition of Cade McNamara. And this team shed a ton to the NFL over the past two years. If you just look what they did the last two years, you're like, holy cow, right? Um, the problem remains, it's that the same play caller in Brian Ferentz is still there. And it, they're just so lethargic on offense. So you get a good quarterback coming in. How's that going to work out? I don't know. At least you have the tools. All five starters return on the offensive line. I mean, let's hope that they've grown up and play better than they did last year So, because they were so bad that I'm kind of like sometimes I don't love the returning production if the if the, if the the performance was bad. But Iowa should be favored in at least nine games this year, and that's why you're seeing such a high win total. Not really ready to jump on them because of their high win total and their poor odds to win the Big Ten, and their divisional odds are poor too. It's like 2.5 to 1. Just uh, probably passing for now, but it would not shock me to see Iowa win the Big Ten at all or Minnesota. And then that moves to our next team is my Wisconsin Badgers. Last year's power rating was 7.75 points, better than the average team. Returning production ranks 27th, 75% off and 68% of defense. In 2020, they ranked 26th in the recruiting. 2021, they ranked 16th. And 2022, 44th. Transfer portal rankings 27th in the nation. 
Offensive yards per play, 5.72. Defensive yards per play, 4.82.9 yet net yards per play. Now, that's not as good as Minnesota, but it's way better than Iowa's was last year. Turnover margins, flat zero. No benefit, no loss. Uh, Luke Fickle, new head coach coming on in from Cincinnati, who brought the Bearcats to the playoffs. Quarterback. Transfer from SMU, Tanner Mordecai. Wide receiver, Chamir DK is back. Skyler Bell is also going to be getting some playing time at wide receiver, but they had some really big transfers. Bryson Green from Oklahoma State, CJ Williams from uh, USC, and Will Pauling. Uh, I think he's from like, I want to say T. Tulane, but I could be wrong. I have to double check. Braylon Allen is back at running back, Ches Malusi is also back at running back, and they're very experienced. They just, Malusi got injured. Um, tight end is going to be Clay Cundiff this year, I believe, at the starter. 2022 record, only 7-6. 2022 against the spread, only 6-7. Maybe that's why Paul Chris got fired, because they're betting on Wisconsin games. Schedule was 36th in the nation last year, but the schedule this year is medium easy. Season win totals, 8.5. Favorite in eight games, my early number, 7.5. And they it's nice that they do get Iowa at home and Nebraska at home. They do have to go to Minnesota. So what I said about the schedule is just no Michigan and Penn State. Neither of those they have to play, but they get Ohio State at home, which is very nice. Maybe they can surprise Ohio State like they have in the past. Seven to one to only win the Big Ten, though. Seriously, seven to one. They're seventy to one the NC and win the NCAA championship. The special players: quarterback Tanner Mordecai, wide receiver uh, Bryson Green, wide receiver Shamir DK, and running back Braylon Allen. On defense, Mayama Jong Meta. It's, it's Najong Meta, I believe, but I always say his name wrong. Strong safety Hunter Wohler is a special player. Lost on offense, quarterback Graham Mertz, probably a good thing. Center Joe Tippman, that's a rough one. Defense, uh, these two losses are big. Keanu Benton on defensive tackle, who I thought was one of the best tackles out there. And outside linebacker Nick Herbig. It's just so much to say here. I'm cautiously optimistic, and I think that's the best approach. But don't be shocked if they're bad. Massive changes to the coaching staff and the quarterback. But all still seem to be upgrades. I mean, Paul Crisp was lethargic. And yes, they were that team that ran the ball really well because they couldn't get super fast guys or great recruits. So they figured they'd just pound and beat the heck out of everybody except lose to the elite teams. Is that what you want? Do you always want to be almost that good? It got frustrating for a while just seeing them falter to Ohio State and Penn State every single year to me. You know, Back then, they were beating Michigan. But seriously... The question is how fast this team can get new offensive coordinator Phil Longo's system going. I think that system is complicated and it can take a while. It's like a uh, not the spread system so much, a little bit, but it is an air raid system for sure, like a Mike Leach air raid system. Much of the defense returns minus a few guys drafted. I think Jim Leonard left that part of the field intact um but it's 
just all about what are, what's going to happen here with Phil Longo. Jim Leonard um, was fantastic, and I was really surprised that he didn't get the job. But I like it more that they got Fickle, and it sucked to lose Leonard, but the man is going to land on his feet somewhere, and he's going to be just fine. Uh, Tanner Mordecai, the transfer from SMU is interesting because he does have some of that fast-paced air raid spread experience that Longo likes to use. So that's kind of a fit right there. I mean, Mordecai played under Sonny Dykes, and Sonny Dykes just brought TCU to the championship game. So, I mean, he thrived well with a good coach. Let's see if he can do it again. Under Phil Longo, I can see the running backs getting a lot of targets too in this system. I can see Chaz Malusi getting a ton of uh, catches. And if you're thinking fantasy football, I wouldn't mind checking one of those guys out, Braylon Allen or Chaz Malusi. Braylon Allen actually used to be a wide receiver, if you remember. On the other side of things, this could take serious time here. And I don't know why Wisconsin's only plus 120 to win the West and plus 700 to win the Big Ten. These are terrible numbers especially with a new system. I mean, I when I look at Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, Nebraska, I I could see any of these teams winning it. You know, why is Wisconsin 1.2 to 1 and others are much worse? That's what you got to look at. I do like the transfers they do have, like CJ Williams from USC and Bryson Green from Oklahoma State now. In order to run a Phil Longo system, you have to have skill, right? You have to have speed. And these guys were highly recruited guys. So maybe that's going to help. But it also could take a while. I'm not going to be on them early at all. I'll be waiting and seeing. Maybe I'll be fading them early. But at the same time, this is going to be so interesting to watch with Luke Fickle here and what Wisconsin does the first year in the Big Ten West. Next team. Illinois, last year's power rating, 13.25 points better than the average team. They were probably in my top 10 last year. Returning production ranks 71st, 64% on offense, 62% on defense. Recruiting hasn't been good. 2020 was 47th, 2021 was 74th, 2022 was 46th. Transfer portal rankings, they were great last year. Not so great this year, 64th. 5.24 net yards per, or offensive yards per play, 4.39. Defensive yards per play making 0.85 net yards per play. Their turnover margin was third in the whole FBS out of 131 teams. 1.1 yards, or sorry, 1.1 turnovers per game they averaged. So they averaged getting over one turnover per game in the turnover margin. That is pretty awesome. Brett Bielema's back. The quarterback is going to be Luke Altmaier or John Paddock. I don't know. Both are transfers in. Isaiah Williams is back at wide receiver as well as Pat Bryant, so there's continuity there. Reggie Love will be a starting running back who has some uh, experience, and Josh McCreary is going to be there. Tip Ryman is back at starting tight end. This team was 8-5 and five last year. They should have been better. This is probably the team that should have won the Big Ten West. 2022 uh, against the spread was also 8-5. and five. Great team to bet on last year. Their strength of schedule is 40th in the nation. Their schedule this year is medium. Their season win totals is 6.5. They should be favored in seven games, though. 
Meyerly numbers also 6.5. Now, the schedule's nice to miss Ohio State and Michigan, but the non-conference is a little tricky because you have Toledo and a much better Kansas team, and you have to go to Kansas. So when Kansas returns all these guys and Illinois doesn't, getting them early in this season isn't what you want. Special players. Well, they lost a guy, a bunch of guys on defense, especially defensive backs. But running back Reggie Love should be a special player this year. And wide receiver Isaiah Williams is a little more is a little special, in my opinion. On defense, defense tackle Keith Randolph and linebacker Kelvin Hart are special players. Big losses, quarterback Tommy DeVito, running back Chase Brown on offense, and then on defense, of course, the fifth pick in the draft, or sixth pick, I believe, Devin Witherspoon. No, it was fifth, I believe. Uh, defensive back Jatervi, or, sorry, Jartavius Martin and defensive back Sidney Brown. They pretty much lost their secondary last year. My take is Illinois was a fortunate team. Massive net turnovers per game, 1.1 per game, third in college. The rough thing for Bielema is all the talent in the draft they lost and just new quarterbacks coming in make questions. It's like the saying goes, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Let's see what happens in this competition. They do return their receiving core and a few offensive lines, so that's good. But I think this could be a fade team early and then maybe one you want to bet on a little bit later in the year. It just would shock me if they continue this amazing play. And I will say that Brett Bielma has certainly got, gotten a lot better. My power rating is only 8.25. It's one of my biggest downgrades due to the loss of so many important guys for Illinois and the fact that they haven't been up there uh, consistently in years. But this is just another team that could shock the world once again. Next is Maryland Terrapins. Their power rating last year was actually better than they finished in years. 7.25 points better than the average team. The returning production rank was 65, 64% on offense, 63% on defense, 2020, they ranked 31st in recruiting. 2021, they ranked 18th. 2022, they ranked 31st. Transfer portal ranks is nice, 24th. Offensive yards per play, 5.7. Defensive yards per play, 5.01, which is a 0.69 net yard per play. Only 0.1 net turnover advantage for turnover margin. Mike Loxley is back with Talia Tagaviola. And, you know, I thought he might be going into the draft this year, but he bypassed it. Maybe he finds a better option this year if he has another great year. Wide receiver Jay Sean Jones is back. Ty Felton should be another major receiver there. Running back Roman Hemby is back, and Antoine Littleton should be the other running back. Tight end Corey Dykes. 2022 record, 8-5. and five. Against the spread, 7-6. and six. Uh, 2022 strength schedule was 37th in the league. Medium hard was their, is, is what I see for their schedule this year. Their season win total seven. They should be favored in seven games. And my number is also seven. This team ha- always has it rough in the East, but at least their non-conference is easy and no Iowa, Minnesota, or Wisconsin to deal with. So that's very nice. 
man, it, it's it's without playing those teams, you almost think why it's so why they're only favored in seven games. Maybe that's a typo for me, but that's what the season win total is. So I have to assume that it's right here. But uh, just looking at my books here, the three easy non-conference, Towson, Charlotte, and Virginia at Michigan State could be a little tricky at Ohio State. That's a loss. They do have to play Illinois. They do have to play at Nebraska. Um, Michigan, of course, Penn State at Rutgers. Yeah, seven's seven's probably pretty close to where it should be. They're 100-1 to to win the Big Ten. Probably a lot more to win the NCAA quarterback. Uh, Talia Tagovailoa is the quarterback coming in. That's the special player. As far as special players on defense, I just have one written down. Linebacker, Ruben, Hippolyte. Losses on offense. Offensive lineman, Jalen Duncan. Offensive lineman, Spencer Anderson, late in the draft. And then big on defense, Deontay Banks, a defensive back, and Jacorian Benefit or Bennett, a defensive back. So my take on this team is that they always take the big hits, like losing out on four or five starters on the offensive line, right? It almost seems like they can never put it together from year over year. This year, they lose, jeez, uh four starters on their offensive line. So that's rough. The good news is that they did get some solid transfers on the offensive line. Uh, Tugga Viola is back, and he's so experienced now. He should be playing with some confidence. If they can just replace some of those receivers, um, this could be a sneaky team. I mean, they didn't rank highly in a lot of stuff, but in they're 12th in opponent passing yards per attempt and 40th against the run. So it seems like their defense has improved from the dismal years that they've had in the past. Um, they're just going to have to beef up that defensive line to build on this success. And we just haven't seen them consistently do that in years. But losing all four guys in the defensive line, four out of five in the trenches, is never something I love to be betting on for the next season. The next team, Nebraska. Last year's power rating, zero. I had them just a very average team. They can beat a lot of group of five, lose to a lot of power five, right? Returning production rank is 39th, 72% on offense, 66% on defense, 2020, 20th in recruiting, 2021, 20th in recruiting, 2022 dropped to 41st in recruiting. 28th in transfer portal rankings, 5.43 offensive yards per play, 5.48 on defense, which is net negative 0.05 yards per play. Their turnover margin was negative 0.2, but they have a new coach like the Badgers. Matt Rule is coming in, who has been a proven coach at Baylor, obviously tried in the NFL Went to a bad franchise in Carolina, and now he is back. I think it's a great hire. Jeff Sims transfers from Georgia Tech, and I like that fit as well. Marcus Washington should be back at wide receiver. Xavier Betts should be also picking up some passes. Um, Running back starting Anthony Grant is back, and Gabe Irvin should be the other running back getting some carries. Thomas Fidone 
is going to be their tight end. This team was four and eight last year, five and seven against the spread. Uh, their 54th strength of schedule ranking last year. This year, their schedule is medium easy. They're favored in six games. Their season win total is six. My number is 6.5. Great schedule, avoiding Ohio State and Penn State while getting Michigan at home. Similar to what Wisconsin's dealing with, right? Iowa and Maryland are at home too, so that certainly helps. They're 60-1 to to win the Big Ten. Um, Special players, quarterback Jeff Sims on offense. Defense, linebacker Luke Reimer, defensive tackle Ty Robinson, I also probably should have said Marcus Washington uh, as a wide receiver on offense as well. Uh, Losses from last year, quarterback Casey Thompson, he just transferred actually. He went to FAU. So obviously that just clears the way for Sims to be the quarterback. Also, you have... A loss in Trey Palmer. Wide receiver Trey Palmer is a pretty big loss as he led the receiving core just ahead of Marcus Washington. Uh, Edge Garrett Nelson was the loss. He tried to go to the NFL draft. I don't believe he was drafted, but he did get picked up uh, by the Miami Dolphins. We'll see how good he does this year. So what's interesting about this Nebraska team is that similar to Wisconsin, they have a new regime in Matt Rule. New offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield will want to establish the run while Georgia Tech transfer Jeff Sims is very experienced and he knows how to take off running himself. He should fit uh, well into Matt Rule's system. I mean, I don't see a bunch of losses here on defense. You know, they're returning 66%, ranked 39th in returning production, and that's mainly because... They lost a quarterback or and maybe a, a receiver or two, but geez, I don't understand why this team is 14 to 1 to win the Big Ten West, while Wisconsin is 1.2 to 1 on DraftKings to win the Big Ten West. Makes absolutely no sense to me. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna go over the numbers on the Big Ten division on the West here. Uh Wisconsin plus 125, 1.25 to 1. Iowa, 2.6 to 1. I would rather take Iowa over Wisconsin at that number, but I don't like either number, really. Illinois, 5.5 to 1. Minnesota, 6.5 to 1. That's the better one, I think, out of those four. But then Nebraska at 14 to 1 with such a good coach there and Matt Rule. I think there's serious upside at the 14 to 1. I might decide later to also take a shot at Minnesota. Maybe I take a shot with Iowa. 2.6 to 1 is just not that appealing. But right now, I'm going to give this out. Nebraska, 14 to 1 to win the Big Ten West. And if you remember, we had a big number on Purdue to win it last year, and we ended up cashing that ticket. I don't see that big of a difference between Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, Minnesota, and Nebraska this year. So take that for 0.5 stars at 14 to 1. This segment was brought to you by AG1. Why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder in water once a day? 
Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and the whole food source ingredients on high quality that gives me major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 trial packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash oddsbreakers or check out our podcast episode description. Next, we have Michigan State. And I think you already know how I feel about them. Last year, the power rating was 3.5. Returning production, 45th. 80% on offense, 56% on defense. Well, that number was never adjusted by Bill Conley after Peyton Thorne has recently left. So it's actually less than that. Recruiting. 2020 was 44th, 2021 was 46th, 2022 was 23rd. Transfer portal ratings, 45th. Yards per play, 5.48 on offense and 5.81 on defense, negative 0.33 net yards per play, turnover margin, negative 0.3. Mel Tucker's the coach. It looks like Noah Kim is going to be the quarterback this year. Wide receivers, uh, continuity there with Trey Mosley, Keon Coleman, and running back continuity with Jalen Berger. Jaron Mangum should also get some carries as well. Tight end Malik Carr will be coming on in to try to catch a few balls. 2022 record, 5-7. in seven. Against the spread, 3-6-3. Three, Really bad against spread record because people had better expectations after Mel Tucker's first year of coaching uh, in 2021. Schedule. Looks like it ranked 24th last year, but this year it's going to be hard. Season win totals 5.5, favored in five games. My number is 4.5. There... Obviously, in the East, have to play Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. They also face Washington in the non-conference, which is rough. Their odds to win the Big Ten, 150-1. to Special players, running back Jalen Berger, wide receiver Trey Mosley, on defense linebacker Jacoby Windman, and losses on offense, Peyton Thorne at quarterback, Wide receiver, Jaden Reed, and defensive back, Amir Speed. My take is that this went from overachieving to underachieving very quick. The big surprise was losing Peyton Thorne recently to the Auburn Tigers. He transferred late in the spring. Maybe even been early summer. I think it was late spring, though. I think that Sparty kind of jumped the gun. Uh, when giving Mel Tucker $95 bucks on a 10-year deal. Massive mistake, in my opinion, but it is what it is. The only good news is that they return most of their skill positions at receiver and their main running back, Jalen Berger, but I don't think it's going to be enough for a bull appearance, and I do not see many wins in this very rough schedule. Sparty... Sparty also has to go to Minnesota and go to Iowa, to Rutgers, uh, 
at Indiana. Um, so the, the possible wins look a little bit rough there as well. They get Richmond and Central Michigan should be wins, but just not seeing a lot of W's on this. And I took under 5.5, and I still like this play if you didn't get it from our show uh, with Brad Powers. Next, we have the Purdue Boilermakers. Last year's power rank was 10 points better than the average team. Returning production rank 57. Returning offense is about 71%. Returning defense 59%. 2020 recruiting 32nd. 2021 75th. 2022 was 38th. Transfer portal rankings 35th. Offensive yards per play 5.34. Defensive yards per play 5.77. Uh, Net yards per play, negative 0.43, and turnover margin, negative 0.4. Ryan Walters is the new coach as Jeff Brom heads out to Louisville. Quarterback looks like it's going to be transfer Hudson Card. Wide receivers, continuity there with TJ Sheffield, Mershon Rice, and Devin Maccabee is back at running back. Tyron Trace is going to get some carries, and Garrett Miller looks to come in at tight end. They were eight and six last year, uh, five and nine against the spread. Terrible spread team. Uh, 2022 schedule was 32nd. This year's is medium hard. Season win total 5.5. They're only going to be favored in like four games, though, in my opinion, four to four and a half. My early number is actually 4.5. Rough schedule getting Ohio State and Michigan as usual. But the fact that we have a new coach, this could be just a honeymoon year for Ryan Walters. Their odds to win the Big Ten is 100-1. to 1. Special players, quarterback Hudson Card, running back Devin Mockabee, linebacker Kydron uh, Jenkins, inside linebacker O.C. Brothers. Losses on offense, quarterback Aiden O'Connell, uh, wide receiver Charlie Jones, tight end Peyton Durham, Payne Durham, I should say. Uh, losses on defense. Defensive back Corey Trice, linebacker Jalen Graham. It's so weird to see a team that represented the Big Ten in the championship game being, as I said earlier, negative yards per play, negative turnover margin. But it really says a lot about the Big Ten West. This team lost a ton last year, and Jeff Brown was a great offensive mind. Terrible defensive mind, though. And now they're focusing on defense because Ryan Walters was the defensive coordinator at Illinois, who did a fantastic job. But it's a lot of change going on to a team going from an offensive to a defensive focus. It's going to take time. New offensive coordinator, Graham Harrell, will have his work cut off for him. <laughs> you know, he had some success at USC. But as I said, this is a honeymoon year, and they have like a Big Ten East schedule having to play Michigan and Ohio State this year. That is very rough. So uh, I I have to think that this team is just going to be happy with a few wins, in my opinion, in the first year of uh, Ryan Walters' coaching career. We're going under 5.5. We're going to do that for 0.5 stars. Next team. Rutgers, looking at a power rating last year of minus 7.5. Returning production, 23rd. 
73% on offense, 72% on the defense. 2020 recruiting was 60th, 2021 was 39th, 2022 was 33rd. Some improvement there with Shiano. Transfer portal rankings, 55th. Yards per play, 4.44. Defensive yards per play, 5.18, which is net negative 0.74. Turnover margin, negative 0.6. Greg Shiano's back at coach. Gavin Winsett is back at quarterback. Nassim Brantley should be a new receiver there starting, and Chris Long as well. Um, Continuity at running back. Samuel Brown is back, and Kyle uh, Monagal is back as well. Johnny Langan is back at tight end. This team was 4-8 and eight last year. Against the spread, they were 5-6. and six. Their strength of schedule is only ranked 65th, so not even that bad. Their schedule this year is medium hard. Their season win total is 4.5. They should be favored in about 4.5 games. My early number is 5. So I, I wrote, it's always hard in the East, but the non-conference and getting Northwestern in the early at home should be very nice. They have a very weak non-conference schedule. And that's what I would say that for all East teams to schedule. You should never schedule a tough one unless you're Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, maybe Michigan State if they get better. But Rutgers gets to play uh, Northwestern, then Temple, then Virginia Tech, who's been hurting, and then at Michigan, of course, then Wagner. So a very easy non-conference. 301 to win the Big Ten. Special players, running back Samuel Brown, cornerback Max Melton, and linebacker Tyreen Powell. Big losses on offense, wide receiver Aaron Crookshank, wide receiver Sean Ryan, defensive back Avery Young, defensive back Christian Braswell. <laughs> no big changes for this team. They still have their same coordinators there. Obviously, Shiano is still back. But this team was really bad on offense last year. They really ranked 124th in passing yards per attempt. That's absolutely brutal. They replace their wide receivers and a good portion of their offensive line. The good news is that they actually ranked 24th in passing defense, defensive yards per attempt anyway. So a little bit of a credit you got to give them there. They return their linebackers and a few defensive ends. So maybe this team can grow on that side of the ball some, but I'm just not seeing a lot of offense. Possibly an unders team, believe it or not. I could see Rutgers. And I'm starting them out with a power rating of negative 0.5. So um, Rutgers, still one of the worst teams in the Big Ten, but there is a little bit of upside coming in, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Also, if I didn't mention this, Michigan State's power rating is going to start at 3.5, and Purdue is going to start at 1. Purdue was one of the biggest downgrades last year with all their losses at coach and quarterback and their offensive players. Maybe the biggest downgrade in all the Big Ten from 10 all the way down to 1. Next team, Indiana. Power rating last year, minus 5.5. Returning production rank 41st, 65% on offense, 72% on defense. Recruiting rankings, 2020 was 57th, 2021 was 54th, 2022 was actually 25th. Where'd that come from? Transfer portal rankings, 18th, did pretty well in the transfer portal. Yards per play on offense, 4.48. Yards per play on defense, 5.89, which is a massive negative 1.41 yards per play, worst in the Big Ten. 
Turnover margin negative 0.3. Tom Allen is back. Looks like Taven Jackson should be the starter. A transfer in. Donovan McCulley would be one of their wide receivers coming in. And Cam Camper returns to start at wide receiver. Uh, Running back Josh Henderson is back from last year. And Jalen Lucas transfers in to get some carries as well. James Bamba will uh, start at tight end for the first time this year. 2022 record 4 and 8, 2022 against the spread 4 and 8. Uh 2022 strength of schedule ranked 42nd, medium hard this year. 3.5 is their season win total. I see them favored in uh 3 games. My number is 3.5 as well. Just a very interesting schedule here obviously in the east, but they get a familiar opponent this year in their non-conference going against Jeff Brom's Louisville Cardinals. Well, it's kind of familiar for Jeff Brom as well, being that Purdue has owned Indiana as of late. So uh, that's not good for Indiana. 500 to 1. It, special players on offense, I didn't find any really because I just don't know. You know, I, I mean, special to their team. There could be a couple guys that step up. I hope Taven Jackson at quarterback steps up. Hope Donovan McCulley at wide receiver steps up, but I'm just not sure. On defense, I put Jacob Magnum Farrar, a transfer in, and outside linebacker Aaron Casey. Big losses on offense, quarterback Jack Tuttle. Losses on defense, defensive back Bryant Fitzgerald, and defensive back Devin Matthews. Even though the returning production looks good at Indiana, they lost a ton on defense, really, um, via their tacklers. So I was a little confused by uh, the numbers looking so good from Bill Connolly. I don't completely trust them all the time, but I looked at the tacklers, and it just doesn't look like a ton of guys are coming back, Um, at least starters. There's a lot of rotational guys coming back. Um, I see nine of their top ten tacklers gone. Taven Jackson, who transfers in from Tennessee, looks to lead the way uh, for the Hoosiers on offense. So he came in from Tennessee. Obviously, Milton won the job in Tennessee. But there's just a lot of questions how effective this kid could really be. Um, This could be the beginning and the end for Coach Tom Allen. Uh, You know, I know he had a great record during the COVID year, but that's more of an asterisk year, in my opinion. This is more of a rebuilding season for him being that he's got a new quarterback and a bunch of new guys on defense, even though the returning production supposedly ranks 41st, I feel like they're starting from scratch again. So this team was so bad last year that they ranked 113th or worse on passing defense, passing uh, offense and rushing offense. The only thing that was towards the middle is 69th in rushing defense. Absolutely terrible. I'm starting them out at negative 5.5 points worse than the average team, and I almost think that that might be a little bit too high. Fucking bullshit! All right, the next team and the last team is the Northwestern Wildcats. Power rating last year by the 6.75 Returning production ranked 96th, 46% offense, 66% on defense. Probably going to get worse soon. Uh, Recruiting three years, 2020 was 47th, 2021 was 50th, 2022 was 400. 
or sorry, 2022 was 49th. Looks like their transfer portal rankings is 74th. Offensive yards per play, 4.54. Defensive yards per play, 5.56. That's a net minus 1.02 yards per play. Their turnover margin was maybe the worst in the NCAA at minus 1.4. Coach Fitzgerald, as we all know, over the last week has been fired for all the hazing and some of the allegations he's gotten from former players of favoritism, racism, you name it. He's been accused of it. It's just when one story comes out, it seems like a bunch of others come out. So I don't have any comments on that. This is a sports betting show, but it looks like defensive coordinator David Braun is going to step up for now unless they hire another coach. So we just don't know what's going to happen. Quarterback's going to be Brendan Sullivan, in my opinion, coming up here. Um, Not so good. Wide receiver Bryce Kurtz is back. Cam Johnson transfers in. Uh, Running back Cam Porter is back. And Anthony Tyus should also get some carries. Tight end is Thomas Gordon coming back. This team was uh, just pathetic at 1-11. Uh, the record winning one game last year, although they were pretty good against the spread, five and seven. I don't know how that worked out because they just somehow got garbage touchdowns and done whatever it takes to uh, get close. One of those wins was obviously against Nebraska. Their only win was obviously against Nebraska, but one of their covers blows my mind how that happened. 2022 strength schedule is 51st. Uh, season or schedule for this year is actually medium easy. They actually have somewhat of an easy schedule, which is good. Their season win total is 3.5, favored in 2.5 games I put now. And my early number is three. They do get to miss Ohio State and Michigan being in the West here. So that's great. 300 to one is their odds to win the Big Ten. So special players, running back Cam Porter, uh, linebacker Bryce Gallagher, and Alexander Mueller, big losses on offense. Their tackle, Peter Skaronsky, also plays guard. So uh, that's not good. And running back, Evan Hall. Their losses on defense, defensive back, Cameron Mitchell. And defensive end, I'm going to smash his name, uh, Aditomawa Adebawar. Anyways, this team fooled so many people last year with that first win beating Nebraska in week zero. They didn't win a game since, and they ranked 130th in turnover margin. That's just so bad. The obvious big thing is Pat Fitzgerald leaving, and I didn't I didn't think this team was going to be good with him. So you wonder how much of a negative this is. It's like, how much more can I downgrade a team when I already was very low on them? with a coach that's been regressing, you know? So I don't even know what David Braun is is going to do if he's going to remain the coach. I I think that he came from North Dakota State. So he came from the FCS. Really no experience here. His probably most important job right now is keeping some of the kids from leaving. They just lost a, a big defensive tackle to Wisconsin from uh, 
the transfer portal just a day ago. So that's not good. They were kind of a sneaky team as a dog in the past, but I honestly just do not know what to make of them now, minus being the worst team in the Big Ten. And my power, starting power rating on them is minus 7.5 points worse than the average team, and I still could be a little bit high on Northwestern. The market's adjusted already to their season win totals, as well as when Fitz got fired. I hate to say it, but if this gets too low, I would probably have to take it over if it was around 2.5 or something like that because there is a few winnable games on their schedule. Uh, at Rutgers, who knows with that, they should beat UTEP still. They'll lose at Duke. Then you got Minnesota, Penn State, and then they should beat Howard. So you have two for sure wins, UTEP and Howard. They should get to three. Maybe they sneak away with a win against Maryland. Um, they always play Iowa tough. Purdue, they also get at home. So if this gets any lower, I would be a player on the over if we can find ourselves a decent 2.5. All right, my friends. Well, that took a little longer than I thought. <laughs> There's your Big Ten preview. Just kind of talking about some of the players, some of the odds to win the Big Ten, the yards for play, returning production, recruiting, some of the important things coming into the year. Obviously, power ratings get adjusted uh, pretty frequently in the beginning of the season, or, or pretty substantially in some cases. There's so many transfers this year in uh, football, we just don't always know how well it's going to pan out. But I think doing some prep like this at least gets you prepared for the early part of the season. Now let's talk a little UFC on ESPN. We have Holly Holm against Myra Bueno Silva. So, just starting with this fight, Holly Holmes minus 175, uh, Bueno Silva's plus 140. <sighs> Massive age difference here. Holly Holm at 41 years old, uh, Myra Bueno Silva at 31. Myra Bueno Silva is the wrestler. She's more of a, a, a BJJ black belt, actually. And Holly Holm is more of a stand-up striker. He's, Holly Holm's a little bit taller, two inches taller. She's going to have a, a little bit of a reach advantage, actually a decent one, 69 inches to 66.5. Um, the reason Holly Holm is, well, favored is because of her reputation. She's been through it all in the UFC, and she's won three of her last four fights. You know, you got to give her credit for that, right? Um, bueno Silva's kind of up and coming, winning three of her last four fights. She lost a man in Fiorit, so uh, that was back in 2021. But it seems like she got better beating Stephanie Yeager in the first round. She uh, also submitted Lena Landsberg. You know, the, the price of this is a little bit steep for Holly Holm, in my opinion, being she's 41. She should be at the twilight of her career. My guess is that the UFC should be favoring Myra Bueno Silva to, just so she can make an, a, an attempt to be the champion. Obviously, now that uh, Nunez retired they're looking for that new fighter kind of up and coming here i think this is just a little bit too big i didn't play it yet and i'm not sure if i'm gonna put a play on it i'm gonna do a little bit more research but uh i i just can't see a 41 year old being this much of a favorite minus 175 against a 31 contender that's uh had a lot to prove i think it's all name recognition and all that holly holmes done being a former champion and all this is 
possibly a play here on Bueno Silva at plus the 140. So I'm going to wait and kind of see what happens with that. Next fight, Albert Duraev versus Jung Young Park. I go back and forth, forth on this. Uh, Park's the favorite at minus 155. He has more experience. Duryev is the Russian at plus 130. You know, Duryev probably going to try to wrestle a little bit more. Uh, he has nine submissions, three KOs, and one on four decisions. But he lost to Buckley here. Um, Doctor stopped it. Uh, before that, he hasn't lost since 2014. So hard to, you know, kind of figure out what he's going to do there. He did just beat Chitty uh, Jacqueline, and that was via split decision. This just feels like a trap line to me. Um, Park is 16 and 5. He's 32 years old. They're actually close to the same age. Park's recent loss was against Gregory Rodriguez, just got caught in a punch back in 2021. Then he beat Eric Anders, who's pretty good. Tier 2 fighter, maybe. Joseph Holmes. Um, Dennis Tuitulin. Really, neither of them have massive wins here yet, and I guess they'll be moving up in class if they can win this fight. Duryev sixteen and four, Park sixteen and five. The interesting thing about Park, and when I look at some of the stats, Duryev is going to try to take him down, and Duryev is going to try to finish him on the ground, or at least get the points by having some control, right? Obviously. But the thing about Park is he's faced that many times, and he has a pretty good takedown defense at 70%. Can that hold up? I don't know. And to be honest with you, Park also can take down some fighters as well. 2.33 takedown average per 15 minutes. If Dereyev isn't successful trying to get him down, he can certainly get out-volumed with Park 4.92 significant strikes to 2.94 for Duryev. Park is good in the clinch. He's going to get those strikes, and he's also very good against the cage. So it, this is a tough one for me, and I do think Park should be a slight favorite here. It should be this big, maybe not, but another one that I didn't uh, necessarily play. The play I'm going to give you is the next fight with Norma Dumont versus Chelsea Chandler. Now, this fight is interesting because Chelsea doesn't have a ton of experience, right? She only has six fights behind her. She lost her very first fight in 2018 over five years ago. Then she's kind of been beating the crap out of kids, right? She's been fighting in the Invicta, and now she's back in the UFC only one fight, but she fought a decent contender, Jujulia Stoliarenko, and she beat the crap out of her. Knocked the crap out of her, right? And Jujulia is not exactly a great fighter, but it just kind of seems like this chick is the next coming, maybe, of the featherweight class, 145 pounds. Chandler's bigger. She's 5'8 to Dumont 5'7, 68 inch reach to 67. You can't look at her stats, really, because most of them's just from that last fight. But she kind of looks like the real thing. And Dumont, just looking at her accomplishments, she certainly has the strength of schedule. But she also has just a lot of close decisions here. Won a split decision against Felicia Spencer. Uh, lost to Megan Anderson. 
getting KO'd in 2021. That's what makes me think that maybe she could get KO'd again. She lost to Macy Chiasen in a split decision. Then she beat Danielle Wolf, no name there, and Carol Rosa. Carol Rosa's okay, but not a massive win either, in my opinion. I think that this is a chance for Chiasen to kind of come up and make a statement that she's the new up-and-coming fighter here, and she's going to out-volume Norma Dumont, in my opinion, being that she's going to be around plus 120, 125, I think it might be worth a shot here on uh, Chelsea Chandler. Significant strikes aren't really particularly high for Norma Dumont. 3.45, that worries me a little bit. I think that uh, Chelsea Chandler should be able to handle her on the ground as well as uh, on the feet. So I think let's take a chance at plus 124 for Chelsea Chandler at one star. The next fight, we have Ottman Azatar versus Francisco Prado. And both of these fighters did great being undefeated uh, until their last fight. Ottman is 13-1. and one. Prado is 11-1. and one. Ottman, though, is the older fighter at 33 years old. Francisco Prado is only 21. He lost to Jamie Malarkey, which is a, a fine loss. He lasted and went the distance. He just couldn't get a hold of Jamie Malarkey, which is the much more seasoned fighter. But is Ottman all that seasoned himself? I'm not sure. Ottman's going to be more of a stand-up fighter. Uh, Prado's going to probably try to get him on the ground. But neither strength of schedule is hard to gauge, being that most of these were in lower federations than the UFC. Now, um, this is uh, Ottman's third fight, and he did beat uh, Kama Worthy, and then his loss to Matt Frivola, who's actually been a pretty good fighter recently, you know. So I find that interesting. Kama Worthy, eh, he, he's been up and down throughout his career and really not a big win, in my opinion, against him. Uh, Prado probably really can't say he's beaten anybody either. I think this fight is probably properly lined. But I would lean Ottman Isatar, even though that Prado is going to be trying to take him down and wrestle him, being the wrestler that uh, Prado has always been. Ottman's takedown defense is now listed at 100%. He only has three fights in the UFC, but that's pretty good. Even in three fights, obviously not being able to be taken down. While you can see Francisco, that's going to be his game plan throughout the whole match. So, my minus 110 is pretty close. I'm probably not going to touch this fight. I have no idea which direction it's going to go. It wouldn't surprise me if it's finished in the first round. Would not surprise me if it goes to distance. Last fight we have is Terrence McKinney coming back to redeem himself against Nazim Sadikov. And this is a premium play I have on this, so I'm not going to say too much. But what I will say is that... Uh, Terrence McKinney does not have a big gas tank, and it's kind of showed over his last few losses here. Uh, when he lost against Dober, he tired out quickly, and then he just lost against a guy that uh, just lost his fight, what was it, last week, I think? 
Yeah, yes, Ismael Bonfim. <laughs> he just lost within the last two weeks. And uh, Nazim is 8-1 and one right now, kind of coming in more of a striker himself. Uh, he has one finish by submission back in 2021. But I expect Nazim uh, to try to you know give it his best and try to outlast Terrence. The question is, what is his jaw like? He only has two UFC fights, really one UFC fight in the Dana Contender Series win. So um, Nazim is the favorite right now, but I do have a premium play on this, so I'm not going to disclose the, which direction I'm going to go or what type of prop I'm going to be taking for this fight. My friends, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Now that the All-Star break's over, Hope you get to enjoy some baseball coming up for the rest of the season. Obviously, coming into preseason football, where I am very, very active. I will also have my preseason coaches article coming out towards the end of July, early August, before the first preseason game. So prepare for that. I hope you all enjoy the weekend, enjoy the fights, and go get some winners.